<laughs> okay. We don't need you to make it. I have it downloaded already. I'm literally terrified. That I was, was so good. Well, thank you. It's that movie Crushed starting it. up as soon as thank you for ruining my audio. Oh, as, sorry. <laughs> I think you should leave it. <laughs> nope. As soon as that movie started with the tones of that soundtrack, I was fucking in. I was so sold. I was ready to be there for two and a half hours. Yes, absolutely. I thought God, that movie was very long. It was very long. It was very long. I like that horror movies are like f- going full swing into the two and a half to three hour mark. I will sit there for that whole ride and I'll be happy. Same with it. I was down. I think as long as like the seat is comfortable, I can I can go. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I can I can stay with the movie as long as it's comfortable. If if yeah, you're, I went like... to one of those AMC's where the seat goes all the way back. Oh my God. And it was yeah. pretty nice. Okay, well we didn't have a comfortable seat like that. We yeah. had a standard movie theater seat. Yeah, it was okay. Toots Magoots. Anyway, so <laughs> Toots Magoots is the worst thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> now that we've officially reviewed Trevor's horrible slang that he just made up and movie theater seats, let's jump right back into Doctor Sleep. <laughs> Doctor Sleep. I will say, okay, I hadn't read the book, but it took a direction I did not anticipate, but still completely loved. Hmm. Oh, good. What were like? Did you have expectations going into it at all? I did. Um, mostly, I just thought that uh danny grows up to be someone who i thought he was going to be more of like an actual doctor like i was expecting him to be like a therapist who mm. i guess you know my expectation now that i'm realizing it probably comes a little bit from um ha- haunting of hill house oh yeah where she like kind of helps kids that are similar to her oh, and yeah. i guess that's what i was expecting um but it was kind of also neat just like that it's this cute little girl who like reaches out to him and yeah. they form this unique friendship and i just really loved that yeah what i actually when i read when i did read the book when i read the book i was very happy but not happy to pick up that book and have danny be an asshole alcoholic who is just like his father because his in especially in the book his father is a horrible person um but uh, what is that not genetic well partially genetically but also um environmental environmentally like that is the likelihood of what that child is going to become right so i also i thought that was like sad it was kind of like disheartening but it's exactly what it Mm -hmm. is yeah it picks up i what i okay so i read the book and i when i was reading it i I heard this was like beat for beat the book it is not that's um whoever told you that is a liar (laughs) it is yeah fuck them that's so difficult but i liked that because the ending of the original Shining and the ending of the book, The Shining, are also extremely different. So I feel like Mike Flanagan like made up for the o- the overlook should have burned in the original Shining. That's how it ends. And so I loved that at the end of this movie, at the end of Doctor Sleep, you see young Wendy and young Danny in The Shining as it's burning. Like he he put a lot of stuff in there like that. I was wondering because just knowing you know, a grain of, of the history of Kubrick's version, um, and King's version of The Shining. Like, it seemed like Dr. Sleep, um, you know, it's new enough to when the book came out that they obviously would want to, like, stick a little bit to that, because that's why people are going to see it, is because they read the book, and for the most part, Mm -hmm. um, but knowing like that there is that disparity and like I was wondering what the crossover would be and Mm -hmm. it seems even you know from the opening scene it just seems like um like Mike Flanagan really like 
has that perfect mix of like the throwback and the tie-in to the movie as well as like I assume like carrying out like Stephen King's like um you know book mm-hmm. what he actually wrote you know so right. like I was wondering where that line was um because to me it was like almost seamless like it just was it like was. a great sequel yeah which is kind of interesting because you know i mean uh like famously stephen king hates the stanley right. kubrick adaptation so it's kind of weird it's that, like how do you balance that? right well and the thing is is like how does mike flanagan the guy he's the writer and director for anyone listening doesn't know uh writer and director how does that guy pitch to stephen king oh hey bro uh so i want to make a sequel to the movie the shining by stanley kubrick you know the one you fucking hate are you cool with that you know well based I, on your based, sequel still based on your <laughs> Book, you know, yeah. I'm yeah. sure that there are things specifically in in the original Shining, the movie. Jack Torrance is just like a, a an alcoholic dude who's an asshole, right? Right. But in the book, he fucking kills someone. Like you hate him on a different level. Right. So it, he completely changes the character of who Jack Torrance is, right? Then there's all this like innuendo to like sexual abuse through Danny and like you know symbolism that everybody has kind of dug into and there's also um you know a completely different ending and there's also like a dig at Stephen King by having his red Volkswagen crashed into the side of a fucking snowy hill Mm -hmm. desert you know deserted Mm -hmm. and so it's like there there may be he maybe just not hate the entire the, the entirety of The Shining but Maybe he just maybe he just fucking hated Stanley Kubrick because he's a, a famously known asshole. Right. So right. <laughs> it's like I'm sure they there's cr- lots of reasons, I'm sure. But I do really fucking Trevor and I were like riding a high that Mike Flanagan gets fucking filmmaker of the year for not using CGI and motion capture oh, to yes. recreate yes. fucking old scenes yes. from the shine. I would agree with that. He yes. gets a fucking top shelf in my like list here of like this is how you fucking do it you find people who have these like similarities and who can act like them and you can he reshot all that stuff they rebuilt those sets which in itself is like a huge accomplishment because the exteriors of the shining were shot in oregon and the interiors were shot in like london mm. that's crazy right. i was wondering stage. too like just seeing previews i'm like man i wonder how expensive it would have been to have like have to use like old footage but like no they just rebuilt that and like reshot that and again like i think we were all walking out there like thank god they did not do because you know the we were all so nervous about having to see an actual jack nicholson and we were like okay it's it's just like it's it It was was so settling well done yes and it was well Well done done. i would like to circle around too to that because when i finished reading the book i was like this was a weird one like steve okay I have found myself reading a lot of Stephen King in the last two years. He is very much so becoming one of my favorite authors, I think, just based on the amount of his like his books that I have read. Mm -hmm. And so when I read Dr. Sleep, I was like, this is a weird ass premise. This is vampire gypsies who travel the country, killing little kids, sucking out their shine. Like, what the fuck even is this? And I liked it and I really liked it by the end. But it took me a while to just do it. So when you go and see Dr. Sleep, you have to just buy in because it's the first like three minutes that that happens is like a little kid. Also, I would like to say I am usually never affected by 
children dying in movies. Like, I could watch it and none of, like... Nah, that Jacob Tremblay thing. That, oh, that death oh, was gratuitous, so dude. Yeah. That was so fucking... It was, like, gut-wrenching. I yeah. was like, this is... This kid is an incredible actor, and he's doing something that other kids in other horror movies don't do, which is, like, suffer well. Mm-hmm. So that was hard I to will, watch. That was... I had a little bit of a problem that it, it was like a specific me problem because when I heard he was cast in this movie, I went, oh, my God, that's such a fucking great decision because he looks so much like Danny Lloyd uh. that I was like, he's going to be the Danny. And then when he didn't show up as Danny, I was so full body disappointed. He's too that old. They yes. hadn't used him for that. Mm-hmm. That. I was boy. like trying my best to not be fuming about that situation. <laughs> I was gonna extreme. <laughs> I was gonna say like that was probably the only scene that I really thought was like that I had a problem with just because I thought it was it was just so much, and it, yeah. it just felt like <laughs> it just felt too gory for a kid death scene. Oh my god! Um, well, but that's was, uh, probably again a me generous. problem. They they faded out the sound. They did mostly the the sucking. They didn't show the actual gut wound. That's what they say. just they showed didn't his face. Show any actual? They just showed blood splatter. You're right. It I'm was just saying acting. it's a me problem. Yeah. It was just his acting that was so good, and so yeah. like I I also appreciate it because when they kill Violet at the very beginning, who is the best girl from Haunting of Hill House, um, <laughs> they don't show it right they just show people like encroaching on her and you're like it's assumptive right mm-hmm. you're like what is this thing what is this weird like canister that they're calling violet like mm-hmm. you know you know what it is but it hasn't been fully explained at that point at least i'm assuming for other people because i fucking knew everything that was going down obviously because i researched not researched i fucking read the book however we want to call that right um but so when they sh- killed that kid it was like you're supposed to hate these people and if you don't hate them by now we're about to give you a fucking reason to hate these people and that's true wish the worst on them yeah that's fair see and i don't know maybe like to me i was 100 percent like tracking everything that was going on from start to finish like like you're saying the canisters and like the fact that they're sucking people's like they call it the the, the, the they call it steam mist they call it the, steam you know, the, which i didn't steam, like yeah, steam i do i call um, that in the book too yeah and so steam. like i said i was having no problems whatsoever tracking like okay. what was going on and everyone's kind of like uh motivations i guess yeah i i like that well i'll say i know like it is kind of a weird premise um like the whole steam thing but it's also very stephen king like it, he's a pretty much a sci-fi horror right. you know person um and i liked that it was still it's still within the world of the shining but it's a different take and a different perspective so we're not seeing a sequel that's like a the same story you know mm-hmm. it's a different side of it so it was super entertaining and like almost an expansion of that world and i like how you know they went back to i was actually terrified when he said he was you're like, we back. have to go there and it's like a similar place and i was just like oh no, no. we have to see it <laughs> I but it's like it, the connection was so cool um and interesting to me and i just thought it was like a good like spin or expansion however you want to say it so that it's not like the same story kind of sequel you know yeah right. it's true i i guess i assumed it would be hard to to track or harder to track because as i said when i read that book i was like this is wild yeah this is wild and if can you just imagine, like, you're seeing this where people are, for example, when Danny, like, 
transports his himself but not to Abra when she's trapped in the car and then he takes over her and then he talks to the guy. Imagine fucking reading that scene. Like imagine how that <laughs> right, goes, yeah. which is probably why I went With in and was zero like visual. this is going to be complicated because <laughs> that book was fucking complicated. Yeah, yeah, Can, yeah. In just re- referencing that, I just want to say Abra Oh my god, that kid yeah, was incredible. Stone. Was that kid, I mean, made that movie she for me. So you know, cute. and everybody knows, like, Ewan McGregor is my boy. I love yes. him. But that girl was incredible. I, from reading the book, fucking hated her name. I hated yeah. that. I mean, yeah, he, that's like the most like, heavy handed thing, right? Be less heavy handed, <laughs> yeah. Stephen King. Why are we naming her Abra? Obviously, yeah. because she's magic, you guys. But like, it's just so I <laughs> yeah, was like, yeah, yeah. give her anything else. But I mean, I'm over it. Yeah. Um, she was just, oh, she was great. <laughs> I know. Listen, I know you guys are gushing about her. The only thing that I had about that character was that she was, I felt like there was at times she was too confident. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I, say I, too, I loved that about her. She kind of um, had a Levin syndrome a little bit. Yeah, kind of to the, yeah, to the point where it like, she's it cuts the tension, you know? Well, like when her fucking dad dies and they find out her dad dies. Before she was like, all right, I guess. It, and she like sheds <laughs> yeah, a single yeah. tear. Like that was my, my was for sure my complaint. Right. And then there. she's like, like, all right, I'm back in the but game. But I Let's also do it. think that was kind of like when Ewan McGregor's one person in his whole life, besides his mom, who's ever given a shit about him, shoots himself in front of his Oof. face. And he was just kind of like, ah, Billy, yeah, dang, ah, dag. Yeah. Okay, I was more affected by that than Ewan was well, for yeah. sure. Also, I was like, shook. Shook. That's funny. I just, I think the, the story was like, we're moving on. You know, we don't got time That's to be true. to We're stop and have everyone cry. Yeah, about it's shit. already you know, long. It's like, and, we got to go. Yeah. You know, that that scene was gut wrenching. But it is like it was already a long movie. They're trying to cram so much into it. You know, you don't really have the time to like mourn. Yeah, yeah. I guess I would say it was accurate to the book, but it was not beat by beat accurate to the book. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, I also really enjoyed in a surprising way because i it, it had there was i feel like this whole book had such a fine line between this could be fucking cheesy or this could be cool as hell so when um rose is like looking for abra and she's like meditating Flying. and she flies and she's like parallel to the world mm-hmm. i really liked the shot of her being parallel to the world yeah but I was like, ooh, this could turn real quick. Like, this yeah. could be rough. But I loved all the the whole rooms turning where, like, people are falling. And, like, that was great. I loved the red rum. I loved that he turned around and saw it say murder because you don't ever, you know, see that. Like, like in that sort of context, like, it was so good. I know that scene is technically in the trailer, but it still (laughs) Still hit, man. It was, that was probably like my favorite scene of the movie. Like I keep going back to just how like powerful it was. Ugh. Yeah. Uh, Seeing when you, so you brought up that uh, like Rose scanning the the earth for Abra. Like I remember when I was sitting in the theater, I had this like really odd moment of nostalgia kind of about like, I remember when I was a kid, you know, when, so when you're a kid and you see some amazing movies for the first time you know like and my experience was like um the never-ending story Mm. so you watch as a child the never-ending story and you're like what the fuck is this this is bananas you know five-year-old trevor running around dropping f-bombs and there's well because there's like you know (laughs) giant creatures and it's an entire world that's been built out you know what i'm saying and like these effects are seamless when you're a child and so I just remember watching this in the theater and being like, I've never seen anything like this. You know, it's like it kind of really reminded me of like, 
you know, the old, old eighties movies that have been out for, you know, 10, 15 years, but you as a child have just been introduced to them 30. and they have blown your world <laughs> apart, you know? Yeah, it is also, uh, I credit so much to Mike Flanagan because he is very quickly become one of my favorite filmmakers. Mm-hmm. Um, Haunting of Hill House was hands down the best show I've seen in years. It was like beautiful and it was like so sweet. And the dad, the young dad from Haunting of Hill House, I think his name's Henry Thomas or something, um, is the Jack Nicholson, which I didn't even recognize him. I know. Didn't even recognize him yeah. when we saw that. Um, and then he, you know, he did Hush. He did Oculus. He did. He's had like one flop, I feel like, in his whole movie career. And it's like, this is a dude who is putting in the time and the effort. and He's making good shit that we deserve. Yeah, it's consistent. What? That's I was just saying, I didn't realize he'd done Haunting of Hill House. So yep. it's kind of, I just thought it was funny. Like, that's where I was getting, like, oh, ideas of what Dr. Really Sleep funny. was going to no, be about. Yeah. <laughs> the, the aesthetics were, like, almost identical between, I mean, other than, like, obviously Hill House is very blue and red. Right. But, like, as far as, like, camera, camera movement mm-hmm. and all of those things. It's just, there's such a good balance of, like, that creepiness and mm-hmm. also like so much heart i think yeah mm-hmm. yeah here's and I actually like that. my i tried i try to go into most movies now without any expectations because i don't want to leave disappointed at all or i want to prevent myself from having like biases but in this situation the closest thing that i had to an expectation was i read i watched haunting of hill house and it was like seriously i'm not exaggerating when i say the best show that i've seen in years it was fucking it was everything that i wanted in a tv show so then i read um, Shirley Jackson's Haunting of Hill House. And it's so different. It's like such a unique adaptation from TV show to book. And I thought it was done like beautifully. And it kept the the heart of the story while, you know, interpreting it a different way. So I was telling my coworkers, like, I, ha- I hope that he took Dr. Sleep if he did change it. And it's still going to be like how Haunting of Hill House was the same story of the book, but not sure. if he's changing it. I hope it feels that same way. But now he just went straight up with what the book was, so I was <laughs> down. But it, yeah. yeah, he's. I don't know. It's 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 hard. I think we're gonna get into you know, is this a film or is this a movie here? Because I feel like Mike Flanagan is. I don't. I don't even know how to word this because I don't. There are film aspects of this movie, but I feel like it's a movie. I was gonna say I've been struggling with this it's the last couple one, days because I it's can hard. Be it's just like I don't. That I don't know, like, what it would be that elevates it, but I know that, like, it's something that it's so separate from, like, your traditional horror, I think, yeah. in the Let same me. way that The Shining is. Like, I don't consider The Shining a film. I know that's, like, You're probably, I, yeah. Also, I, was, I, have yeah, you on, I, I have you on recording saying The Shining's a film, so. Oh, do I? I sure do. Well, whoops. people change. I think um, I just like whoops. I'm just thinking, like, <laughs> whoops. I, I don't know. I, this is my mindset right now is like, you know tradition not traditional but like your classic horror halloween season like movies are so um you know like tropey i guess Mm -hmm. and like we get into that habit of like oh we're gonna go see like an annabelle or or whatever not me um you're like you're talking about getting like just smashed with jump scares yeah yeah, like jump scares and those kind of things and this is like i don't know it's like deep like it's deep horror yeah. you know what i mean it's yeah. like it's an elevated version but i don't know that it it's um i don't know that it meets like a film i want to add level. on to that what you're saying elevated how you can't necessarily see 
where it's elevated. And my struggle is that I feel like by him recreating all of the scenes from The Shining and reshooting them is the part is the part that makes it a film because he is changing the way that most of these films are being recreated lately. But hmm. I am struggling because he is just recreating scenes from the one of my favorite films Original. of all time, right. The Shining. So it's like the part that I'm looking at as a film is like one, his technique in it, but also I'm just associating those with the film because to me, The Shining is like the filmiest film. Yeah. See, and so it kind of like what you guys are saying, because I've been doing the same thing where I'm like thinking about it. And for me, like gut instinct right out of the movie this, it's a movie. Yeah. Um, I didn't a really great movie. Yeah, it's, it's a really such great movie. A fucking good movie. And but then I'm kind of like what you're saying is like, well, but how do I justify that? How do I explain why it's just a movie? And kind of where I am at, like how it breaks down for me is once they do go to the Overlook Hotel, it starts becoming a lot of fanfare, like just a ton of like um, nostalgia. Yeah, throwback. you know, and it's like mm-hmm. I feel like some of it is like at. Um, at the behest of the story, you know, there's like the part where Rose is wandering through the hotel and, uh, she's like, she goes by the elevator like three times in three different directions. And it's like, what's, what is happening right now? You know? And it's like, it's only for the sake of her going around and looking at these places that we've already seen from the shining. And then like, like the elevator scene that they didn't reshoot. Right. They just like played the clip of blood coming out of the elevator. And it's like, why is this in here? You yeah, know, I, like, thought why that, is, I thought that was unnecessary why is all, as well. Yeah, there's, there was just a lot of stuff like that. And I, I liked, obviously, that they waited all the way until the third act to go back to I want to add Overlook. on to what you're saying, but okay. keep going. They, but they also didn't because the interview scene where... Right. Um, when he's applying Dan for the job. his sponsor for the first... Or his like head sponsor for the first time is the exact office that... Jack gets yeah. interviewed in for his Porter job. I don't think that's necessarily taking them back to The Shining, but I do think that is fanfare. At that's that straight up fanfare. You know, well, yeah. I mean, it's like the exact match frame. He's sitting back yeah. in the chair yeah. the exact same way. Yeah. He's like slightly off centered. Yes. I don't think that's a bad thing because it is a big task. I would assume to just take on, like I said, one of the like most beloved. I feel like The Shining is such like a highly renowned horror film that yeah. like, it's hard to go in and be like. No, this is my thing now. And, like, it's not his thing. He's just happy. Mike Flanagan's just happy to, like, be, get to be a little tiny part Participate. of it. Yeah. I think it's a very similar situ- situation that, like, Denis Villeneuve had with uh, 2049 Blade Runner. Mm-hmm. That and in his interviews, he goes, like, look, I made the movie that I would want to see. You can walk away with whatever you want. I know that I have a hard task. Right. But I made the movie that I wanted to make. Here you go. And then walk away from it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I hadn't considered like what you guys, your input. And I think it's like you make super good points. At the time, it just felt like we just watched Danny walk through all these places. And now we're watching Rose walk through all these places. Yes. And then we watch Abra walk through all these places. So it just right. felt very repetitive. Yeah. But I understand. I understand like your the like storytelling aspect of what you're trying to say, what they were going for. The thing that they did add that was new, and you actually commented on, Trevor, mm. was the boiler room. You, oh, like, yeah. You shat on the boiler room, <laughs> and here it is, a new place in The Shining, in the Doctor Sleep, well, and you're like, we just saw everything that they saw previously, except for that boiler room, which, like, fuck that boiler room, No, right? no, no, no. It's like, it's not, <laughs> I think, I, that's not what I'm, not, not, that's not the point that I'm trying to make, is that, you know, well, we saw everything already, why aren't you, why are you showing us this again? It was kind of more like kind of what Jesse was saying, where it's like, 
you know, Danny already walked through all this stuff. And we had that, that like that moment of nostalgia because it's, that's the first time Danny's been back in that hotel. And that's the, you know, to me, that's the important part is this grown man who was a child who had traumatic experiences is what has to walk back through this hotel and embrace it again. Mm. And, you know, these other two characters are just meandering through a, a hotel they've never been in, you know? And it's, so it's like, you're not really going to get the same, you know, the same feeling as of these two characters walking through there. And kind of like what you're, what Jesse was saying is we just watched them do it three times in a row, you know? Yeah. And it's like, uh, okay. What I do want to add on to that too, and this is a little bit of an extension from a previous thought also, is that we talk about how Danny is has become his father, has become Jack in the sense that he's an alcoholic. And yeah. then during, like, this is a, a, a touch point through multiple, um, you know, steps in this movie. And then he he's sober and then he gets up and he gives that speech about being clean for so many days and only knowing the part about his father that is an abusive alcoholic. Yeah. And then, I don't know if you like realize this or know this but like in the original shining the overlook hotel burns because of the boiler room which was done by jack so danny like comes full 360 here and it becomes his father again by being the one to set that place on fire right right it's like i really i just and i like the the contrast of of jack being cleansed in ice and danny being cleansed in fire Hmm, interesting that makes sense yeah I didn't think about that, but I, I do like like what kind of I didn't think about that, but that's a good like theory or whatever you know. It's that's interesting. I just really like that. I I again, we're all just assuming here, but that Mike Flanagan takes the ending of a movie of the you know The Shining was should have ended with the Overlook being on fire. I like that he then bridges that gap between the Kubrick film, the original book, Doctor Sleep, the book. And just like kind of mashes them all together yeah. here to give the shining the end that it was supposed to have. Yeah. He, does, say, he does a good job threading the needle. That's for sure. Yeah. That's a good word for it. Yeah. That's incredible. And I didn't know that about the original shining. So I think doing that is like a tip, tip my head off yeah. to you. Yeah. Move. Yeah. There you go, Steve. I love, love, love that Jack Torrance was, um, Oh, Grady. He was the bartender. The bartender. Oh, man. It, the Shining Lloyd. Ends has a picture of Jack from like 1921, right? And it's like giving this, you know, uh, this the storyline of that these ghosts are always here and this is the same thing. And it's just like this, as Carly was like, like this labyrinth, essentially, like, right? It's confusing. And you're like, I know a lot of people who watch The Shining and are like, why is he in the picture? Like, take it super literally. And it's mm-hmm. just like, you know, I take it as this representative thing. And so I like that O'Grady is just Jack. And part of that is because it's Danny's father. But part of me believes that it's because he's the last person to have died there. Yeah, he became a part. Well, of, it's yeah, also of this the nice place. parallelism between yeah. like Danny is becoming the new Dick, the new Scatman Crothers, in that he's like, listen, I did this for you. You're going to do it for somebody else. Mm-hmm. And then on a on a parallel path, Jack has stepped into Lloyd's point of view. And now he's Lloyding dan or attempting to lloyd dan so we're seeing like the two sides of the same path where the path diverged and then they're looking at each other which i thought was kind of cool i just i really loved that scene where he sits down at the, he goes into the bar you know and, and looks in the, the ballroom and then sits down and and then it's like you know someone's you know, pour you a drink or whatever you know sets the glass out and you know we've all seen the shining so we all know that you know this is kind of like what's supposed to happen and i'm like 
who, who is it? You know, who is that? And then it, you know, they clue you in pretty early on. And the conversation he has is just really good. Like mm-hmm. he's, you know, he's talking about like his mom and he's talking about, you know, different stuff that Living has happened. In Florida. Right. And the guy's like, you know, the Jack, Jack Torrance, you know, the bartender Lloyd uh, is like, I don't know what you're talking about. I think you got me confused with somebody else, you know? And, um, and like, as that conversation goes on, um, there's a really good line where, um, uh, Jack Torrance, who's playing the bartender says, this place serves you up whatever you want to drink basically. And Danny is the one who's pushing him saying, don't you care about, you know, your wife and your kids and your family. And then that's the point where it turns and Jack Torrance becomes Jack Torrance. And he starts telling him about, take your medicine, you know? Oh my God. And so it's, this is what, this is the, this hotel serves you what you want to drink. You want your dad? Well, guess what? Here's your dad, you know? Um, and you know, ultimately, obviously he turns that drink away. And so it's like, it's, it was a really good ending for that. Like the character arc, we saw Danny start out as an alcoholic who, you know, can't control himself and he's just running away from his past. And now we're at the end of the movie. Guess what? I don't need this anymore. I, also, I don't need you. I, I've I've settled my, my with my demons. You know? I am. I since literally reading yeah. since reading <laughs> these books. Um, obviously, because I saw The Shining before I read The Shining, but reading these books, like I now blend them together, and I can't remember if the medicine section was so heavily from the movie The Shining or if it was from the book. Because take your medicine, and you're gonna, you know, is Jack. It's Jack's father in the book. It's mm, like interesting. him. It's what he used to be told by his father. Wow. That's and then good. he, when he is at the worst, when he breaks Danny's arm and when he is a, an alcoholic and he's, you know, being abusive to Wendy, it's like, that is what he's saying. And he doesn't like that. He sees his father also in himself. Yeah. So when that section came in the movie, I seriously had a moment where I was like, You're like holy shit, is this from the book or yeah. is this from the movie? I can't even remember because it's so intertwined with everything else. Yeah. I think he does like a really small throwaway line in that original bartender sequence mm-hmm. where he goes like, take your medicine. So, right. Yeah. It must be from the book then because it was heavy in there and Mm -hmm. i remember it being like oh this is fucked yeah um i highly recommend everyone one reading the books they're great um two seeing dr sleep that's what i'm gonna say yeah Yeah. even though i mean carly where are you at i so you guys are like fucking losing your minds over this (laughs) (laughs) um and i i liked it i really liked it but for me it it felt granted i know i acknowledge i walk in this movie was going to have to do way more than it could have ever done for me to like put it anywhere near the shining like, because oh. I I love the shining on a level that is upsetting and but I love specifically Kubrick's shining not necessarily the story of the shining mm-hmm. um for me this this was super fun and I had a great ass time but it felt like a haunted house for shining nerds like we have fun impersonators and we were walking around and having a good time but it wasn't like it didn't hit me anywhere near the way the shining hit me i don't think that i he yeah i think if you go in expecting it to be the same level of the shining you're just going to set yourself up for disappointment no matter what because i also well, love i was really trying shining. to meet any expectation for that because i knew that it it wasn't going to come close and that that wasn't what this movie was trying to do. But I just, I had fun, but it wasn't anything other than like, that was a fun movie. I had a good time. Yeah. For me. Interesting. I still say it's really great. I, I mean, I agree. I 
like I said, I also love Kubrick Shining. And then I loved the book, The Shining. Later, I love to have these different storylines. Stephen King, when I was, you know, this book came out in like early 2000s. I'm pretty sure he set out like a poll and was like, do you guys want me to write a sequel to The Shining or do you want me to write another Dark Tower? And people were like, we want a sequel to The Shining, which is how Dr. Sleep even came to exist. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's like, there's so many things that you get to pull from it. And I love... I loved the the movie The Shining so much that I'm so happy just to have other good content that's associated with it. Um, I never expected I it to be like The Shining, but I still think it's a really... I do not think anyone could have done a better job at taking on such a task. Right. And see, right. for me, I don't even... It's hard for me to even call it a sequel to The Shining other than not really. other than the fact that, like I said, there is so much fanfare and they do go back to the Overlook and, you know, you kind of get flooded with all that that nostalgia of, of The Shining. Um, but, you know, even walking into it and, you know, Paige, you were reading the book and you told me like a brief synopsis of the book and I was like, oh, dude, I'm fucking all down for that shit, you know, because I'm a big fan of when, you know, sequels or, you know, movies that continue on or books that continue on where they don't take building. Yeah, they don't take the same beats as anything. It's like, just give me that character. Give me like one or two characters and show me where else they go, you know, and I think this does an incredible job of taking um, a grown man, Danny, who experienced some traumatic shit as a boy and has like these weird supernatural abilities. Um, and they take him in a totally different direction. You see what has happened to him because of his childhood experiences. And then you, you get to kind of go along with him on a new adventure as, you know, as, as something else is, as come in, into his life. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really, I just, like I said, I had that, that fucking, uh, never-ending story nostalgia (laughs) of like this is something totally new and totally different and wild and bizarre and i'm all about it you know that's true i do and so yeah and uh, i didn't i didn't sit on it as like well this will never live up to the shining because the shining was made in like what the late 70s early 80s or something you know and like i said we've had how many freaking decades to sit and analyze and 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 talk about the shining and how iconic that movie is and you know like i said of, of course it's never going to be that in 2019 you know what i'm saying like maybe who knows 10 20 years from now someone's gonna fucking say oh this is a groundbreaking movie but you know like i said it's never gonna be that and i'm glad that they didn't even go in that direction they didn't say this is a you know let's pick this fucking shining back up you know so yeah yeah, it was great even start like you know you don't even start in the in the in the overlook you wait two acts till you get back to the overlook but i think what you're kind of like at you know what you're saying to that too is like it is not a sequel to The Shining because it's just another story that's happening that happens to involve Danny when right. he gets brought into it. Totally. The actual thing that you're following is is the true not like mm-hmm. finding and attacking these children. Right. And it just happens to be that they're looking for children who also have a shine. And who also has a shine? Danny. And who needs to help this kid? Danny. Like, mm-hmm. how is he going to help? It's like, what if they had just found another adult who also was powerful? And Oh, I do want to add. Go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, who also found another adult that's, like, powerful? The difference between Dr. Sleep and the movie, the book of the movie, is that Danny is actually Abra's uncle in the book. So when she calls him <laughs> Uncle Dan. That's funny. It's like, that is fucking fanfare right there. Because at the end of it, 
the mom meets Danny and they're like talking or something like that. And they find out Jack cheated on his wife and birthed oh, this so it's child. kind of just like a weird connection. It's yeah. a weird like Abra is so powerful because Danny is so powerful, which is also implying that Jack also has these things. The, the oh, gene is through it's somewhere Jack. In there, yeah. And um, so when she's like, I'm going to call you Uncle Dan, I was like, oh god are they gonna do this because that was weird for me in the book was like this is too much yeah yeah i also want to retcon a little bit stephen king's version of the shining which i knew he made out of anger and just want not anger but like you know the desired oh, movie the t made for tv right. movie oh yeah the other um, one that came out yeah we'll just, just not acknowledge that and that doesn't it, exist i feel bad for him because like if your storyline is truly so fucked up that you feel like you need to try and take this into your own hands to like make and then it's like not even nearly as good that's a rough situation right because he like he went out and had that one he made right had that one it's made. not like someone's like hey i got a i got a great idea no. to make it again he's like no mm. bitch we're redoing this you know and then yeah. no hold on okay. as i do want to say something that i truly appreciate is that you know, we have a lot of Stephen King classics that were made in the 80s and the 90s and even some in the early 2000s. And now we're getting these remakes of, you know, Pet Cemetery and It and It Chapter 2 and now Dr. Sleep, which isn't a remake. But what I appreciate is that these remakes are staying closer and closer to the original Stephen King story, which is like why they're great, in my opinion. Yeah. Because he, even though he's weird in his like, Every book has some weird sexual thing in it, and every book usually has the N word in it at least once. <laughs> and like, and the gloving. Ooh, why is everyone getting gloved in Ooh, Stephen King? Trevor has now? a good, what the fuck are a we good doing little here? factoid about that. Uh, yeah, so just a you know quick little fun fact: uh, Mike Flanagan also wrote and directed uh, Gerald's Game. Which has uh, which has the yeah. probably uh, most uh, graphic uh, degloving scene I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, and then yeah, he also wrote and directed uh, Doctor Sleep, which also has yeah. a very good degloving yeah. scene. So in it. strong, that, he's like, I this is it, my strength. This is my thing. Uh, <laughs> I it's thought that my was a straight up like tie to. Um, Gerald's game just from like Stephen King to Stephen King world mm -hmm. but you were the one who told me they did that also in a weird little non-Stephen King way they are tiny town is on Elm Street did anyone else see that? Yeah, I thought that was just like a little, yeah, a little, little Easter egg, a little tiny cute. thing. Yeah. Hmm. Um, so yeah, I I say strap in for a two and a half hour movie because it's going to be a great time. Yeah, go to the I bathroom really... beforehand. Yeah, <laughs> don't get a big drink. Yeah, and do not get the yeah. soda. don't get the big drink. Yeah. Trevor and I snuck in some sneak drinks actually, um, and they were flavored water. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, they were what? They were actually they were risky. water. No, they were Zevias. They were so. Zevias. Um, just remember you guys shitting on me for sneaking in water. Well, because you act like it was sometimes it's soda. Sometimes it's soda. <laughs> sometimes it's water. It's like Jesse's fucking bringing in vodka. Yeah, dude. She's like, oh, don't tell anyone. Girl, don't remember. Okay. I fucking will never forget you sneaking in water. Yeah, okay. Um, anyway, I say go fucking see that movie. It's for me. It's a movie, and I maybe I. It's a movie with film pieces throughout the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well said. It's just, it's so good. Even after talking about it, I'm just like still on the fence, but um, there's so much more I want to say. We could literally talk about this Let's for another 45 yeah. minutes, not yeah. even joking. Um, but it's, yeah. I'd 10 out of 10 recommend go see it. If anybody's listening to this and just wants to invite me to go see it, I'll go see it with you. Yeah. Like, I really even want to like add a, you know how Trevor does his Facebook. Um, oh. <laughs> I'm like, I, I want to just say more about this. Yeah, let's this. just keep talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> so go see it. Really. Go see it. Oh wait, we don't have it. Don't we have to have like a, a a closing for the? Is that not it? Oh, I guess that's it. Oh, do the.
Boom, boom. Boom, 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 boom. I'm not going to. It still gives me the shivers, dude. <laughs> His mouth? Yeah. His mouth? Oh, gross. Come on. Why do you got to say it that way, dude? <laughs> That's the clothes. We got it. <laughs> 